John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of God's world. He's the father of Ragwes Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. You may please be seated. That was a wonderful praise, more anointing and grace in Jesus' name. Please listen to the following announcements. I want to welcome you specially to this service. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And today is special invitation Sunday. I hope you have invited your neighbors and your friends and your loved ones. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, the this coming Tuesday, by God's grace, is also a super, super Tuesday. How many of us are looking forward to Super Tuesday? Please give Jesus a wave. Hallelujah. And it's, it's, it's been amazing uh, times in the past. Uh, two Tuesdays has been Super Sundays. And if you have been attending, you will know that it's not the usual thing. Hey, Amen. So I would like to invite you this coming Tuesday for another Super Tuesday because the chapels are taking over. I say the chapels are taking over. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we are also going to begin the second half of uh, the uh, morning praise time. Hallelujah. The turnaround power of praise. You know, it's been ongoing and... Um, if you have not been joining, you have really missed out. Amen. And that is why I would like to, you know, talk about it again this morning. Not afford to miss out in the last, uh, it is 30 days, 30 days. First half is over, the second half is starting. And I know it's going to be very awesome. You cannot afford to miss it 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. every morning. You can join on Zoom if you're on your way to work by that time. You can join here. It is happening here live. Amen. It is going to be hard. So if you, if you say you don't have data or you, don't, you cannot join online for one reason or the other, you can be here 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And from there, you can always go to work. And it's also on YouTube. Watch it uh, live as well. It's also on YouTube. You can join on every morning and the lord bless you as you do so in jesus name next coming sunday is mantle and anointing service it's going to be an awesome one i invite your friends your neighbors the anointing is going to be present to break every yoke every barrier everything the enemy has put together is going to be scattered in that service how many of us are looking to it Please give Jesus a round of applause. The, the, the Royal Care Fellowship Celebration is going to be coming up on the 1st of August uh, 2021. We are going to be having a collaboration of all uh, the chapels. Uh, there's going to be the mass choir, the mass dancers, if there's anything like that. Hallelujah. 
So uh, I think that it is not something that you want to come and watch alone. Amen. It's not something you want to come and uh, just receive by yourself. You need to invite as many people as you can. And the Lord is going to bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. On the 7th of have our welfare weekend. And that is the time that we attend to needy in the church. Welfare weekend. I want to encourage us all to be part of those who are giving to the needy. There is a box at the back there that is uh, titled needy, uh, giving. So you, please, you can please make use of it. Drop whatever it is that you and make sure you put at the back of the envelope welfare weekend. The Lord in Jesus' name. The GWIC, which Greater Works International Convention, is going to be taking place from the 31st of August to the 5th of September. Let's put our hand on Jesus. It's going to be an awesome convention. Let's prayerfully look forward to it. Let us begin to make plans in our various chapels. It's going to be an awesome time. We are going to be having guests, guest ministers in our midst. How many of us were to it already? How many of us were here for the GWIC, the last one that we, we had? How many people? Okay, it is time for you to invite more people for this year. It's going to be an awesome one that Invited guests are going to be ministering powerfully. Our Father in the Lord too uh, would not be left out. So I want us to prayerfully prepare for this. And the Lord bless us as we do so in Jesus' name. Let us put our hands together for the Lord Jesus. Church, praise the Lord. Let's jam our hands together for that wonderful announcement. And it is time for testimony. Jam your hands together for the Lord. Oh, that club can be better. It is the demonstration of the mighty works of God in our midst. And please let's jam our hands together as we welcome Mrs. Rose for her testimony. She's testifying to safe delivery. The louder the club, the faster she will come. Just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Testimony go on behalf of my sister. God has done what I was begging him for. I was telling God that any of my sisters that will get married, all of them, that no one should pass through what I passed through in the case of a childbearing. God did it for me. Last year, November, my sister got married and he took him. I was so happy. Then as he get to the point of the time to deliver, they will want to say he's around again. I call pastor who call all the men of God. God honor their prayers. Hallelujah. After two days, she put a bouncing baby God. Uh, baby God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the work, the, the, the Lord will always honor his words in your lives in the name of Jesus. Uh, this is a testimony coming from one of our brothers. He sent in testimony. He, he, testimony is about healing. Hallelujah. For some time, in recent time, he said he has been having issues with eyes. He sometimes has in his eyes. He doesn't see clearly. But last Tuesday, as he was there sitting in the 
uh, midweek service and at a time the Lord was ministering, the Lord visited him and from that moment he didn't, uh, just through the world the Lord healed the eyesight and it says clearly now so let's jam our hands together this can only be the hands of God and I pray that that same hand will manifest in your hands in your lives in the name of Jesus Amen it's time for offering let's bring out our offerings let's bring out our offerings in the in Genesis chapter 4 we remember the story of two brothers who brought an offering to the Lord one brought an acceptable offering before God and the other one a rejectable offering this morning I make up your mind that your offering will be accepted in the name of Jesus so I want you to lift up your offering lift up your offering as we pray unto the Lord Father in the name of Jesus we have come before you again with a grateful heart Lord as we give unto you from the abundance which you have given unto us as we give unto you because we love you and we are appreciative of all the wonderful things you have done for us Father we pray that you have respect for our offerings in the name of Jesus as we give unto you O Lord may we not give unto sickness and diseases in the name of Jesus thank you Lord because it is done for in Jesus wonderful name we are prayed Amen God bless you Praise the Lord Church Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus Hallelujah. With the anointed voices To minister a song That is titled your goodness How many of you know that we have put on The goodness of God in our body I want you to wave your hands to Jesus Oh and as you listen May you be blessed in the name of Jesus Say, 
and as we worship, as we worship, and behold your faithful life of your containers. And as we worship, as we worship, and behold your faithful life of your containers. I see your hands, and as we worship, As we worship, we your and we are the good as good as good as good The glory of the Lord and we wear your glory. Everywhere your glory. Hey, hey, hey. Our good has lost
show you we are the glory, say. Everybody say, I'm we are your glory. touch our lives. Thank you for the healing testimonies. Thank you for the greater healings that we shall see. Thank you because you are Lord and King in this service. For in Jesus' wonderful name we have prayed. Come on, put those hands together for Jesus. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church this morning? Before we go, I'm still saying we have Today is Great Invitation Sunday, and um, we are celebrating one of the things that the Lord is doing at our various fellowship center. I want to quickly read a message that was sent to me during the week from one of the people at our various, um, at our various, um, from our fellowship center. This person is thanking God for what um, God has done so far. Now, this testimony is so important because... I'm believing God that God will do many more for us. those of you who are also here in Jesus' name. He said, I'm putting it there. You are ready to me, Pastor. Looking back, I remember a day I was sad because for two months, no one called me. And I was like, is this how valueless I am? In other words, nobody called him from the church. But today, I am tired of receiving calls. This alone indicates how God has brought me from nothing to something. From valueless to valuable. I am grateful to God for this. And I'm giving him thanks. Put your hands together for Jesus. Today God is also moving you from valueless to highly valuable. From nothing to something in the name of Jesus. This is why I want to encourage all of you that be part of 
the Royal Care Fellowship Center. The Royal Care Fellowship cells that we have in church is not a program. The house fellowship in church is not a program. It is the church. Anywhere you see us start a fellowship is because we don't want the person not to enjoy care. Those of you who have been opening your houses for house fellowship to take place there, I want to tell you, you are doing great thing because you are bringing the ark of God into your house. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. So the moment people are gathering in your house to praise the name of God, there is no way the devil's baggage can remain in that house. It's not possible. Because whatever the devil wants to do in that house will be frustrated. Because now the altar of God has come into that house. A man was scheduled to die because they felt that whenever they bring the out altar of God there, death will come. The name of that man in the Bible was called Obedido. So, they were carrying the altar, the ark of God, and somebody accidentally touched it and the person died. When the person died, David said, who is the most useless person that if he dies, nobody will cry for him. They said, ah, there is one man that is living in that place at the edge of the town. Let them take the ark there. This ark that has killed somebody, let them take it to his house. So they carry the ark and drop it in the house of that man and everybody left. From that day that the ark of God entered into that man's house, this man knew how to welcome God. Within three months, just like this brother who sent the message to me said, his life moved from valueless to highly valuable. From nothing to something. It was told David that that man that was called useless, prosperity has not entered his house since the day they dropped the ark of God in his house. And David said, hey, let us go and remove the ark there quickly. Let them bring it to my own house. You see, wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, the Bible said, there he is in their midst. So I want to encourage you, keep opening your houses of people to gather there to fellowship because wherever prayer is being prayed, the word of God is being shared, that is where the presence of God is. Now let me shock you. Do you know that the entire New Testament, from Matthew to Revelation, when it was being written, that church, there was no where there was no church anywhere. The only church that we have from Matthew to Revelation was only in the houses of people. Throughout the New Testament, everything you read in the New Testament from Matthew to Revelation was written to people in their houses. It was until over 200 years after the Bible was written, completed in Revelation, over 200 years later in Syria, that is where we had the first church. The first place the Christian gathered to call church was until over 200 years after Jesus died and rose again. So for the first 200 years, there was no place like this that was called church. The church were meeting in the houses of people. The houses of people. That is where the church were meeting. And they became great 
they became blessed. In this season, you are also going to become great. You are also going to become blessed in the name of Jesus. So, the church in the house is the real church. It is the real church. That is where the church takes place. Number two advantage of the church in the house, when you come to church like this, what you hear, you hear the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. When you go to the church in the house, what you hear is you hear the discussion of the word of God. Last Sunday, I started a fellowship for men here. Royal Business Men's Fellowship. Because I believe that those who are career people, who are businessmen, it is time they begin to enjoy the connection of one another, know how to help one another, and let brotherly love continue. So I started the fellowship here in church by 5 p.m., and it's still starting today, 5 p.m. Now, something happened last Sunday when we started. As I was teaching, and I said something that, do you know that the communion was never taken in church until 300 years later that Jesus died? Somebody was shocked. Said, communion. Said, throughout the New Testament, they never took communion in the church, in the temple, in the synagogue. They never took communion in the synagogue. The place that they were taking only, only communion was in the houses of people. Then when I said that, the man raised up his hand. Said, Pastor, I have a question. He said, but what do you really mean? That they were not taking communion in the church. And then explained to him that there was no church like this. And the Pharisees rejected the movement of Jesus. They said that it was anti-Moses law. They were practicing Judaism. So they rejected Christianity. So Christians were not allowed to meet in the temple for service. Neither were they allowed to use the synagogue. They were using the houses of people. So it was, I then explained to him. Then I told him, do you see why it's good to come to house fellowship? Say, so if I have said this thing in the church, you will only say, hmm, pastor is not preaching well. But because I said it now at the house fellowship, you are able to lift your hand. And now I'm able to explain. Because in the house fellowship, we do not just preach or teach. We discuss the Bible. It is called Bible discussion. So you are able to ask questions. You are able to get people to answer you. At another time, one of our long-time members was sick in church. This person has been a member of the church for over five years. And was saying that nobody came to visit me. I was, Pastor, I am not happy. Nobody from the church came apart from me. And I said to myself, it is your fault, man. Why? Because for all this while that you have been in this church, you do not belong to any house fellowship. So when you are sick, apart from me that I get to look around on something that I don't know, no other person, no, they don't miss you in church. Nobody miss you when you are not in church. It is not a good thing that when you are not in church, nobody misses you. You cannot bother. He said, for two months, he was not in church. Nobody called him. The same person today said he's tired of call. Do you know why? Because when you are in a small group in the church, as you join those house fellowship, there are things that we do every day, just like the prayer we've been doing every day. If they don't see you online at the prayer, or they don't see you on Tuesday, definitely it's either the chapel leader or the fellowship leader or your fellowship member. Somebody will call you and say, Oh, but, uh, oh God, what happened? We did not see you. What happened? Why are you not in church? There was a story of a woman, not in our church, in another church that has fellowship. That's when she was supposed to be there. 
But the people in the fellowship looked around. They didn't see her. After the service, which is also what we do in church here too, they gathered themselves to go and look for this woman. Do you know that this woman was already on the floor dying? She, went, she stood up that morning and uh, she collapsed. And she could not stand. All the people in the house did not know. So when the people in the fellowship were knocking, and you know when there is a house that has a net, if it is locked from inside, that means somebody is there. Because if the net is open, that means the person is out. They could see that the padlock was not on the door. The net was on the inside. So they know that Mama was inside. So they began to knock. Mama, at the end of the day, they broke the door open. And here was Mama just there, almost dying. They gathered her and straight to the hospital. She could have died that day if she was not in a fellowship in their church. Don't do life alone. You need somebody to watch over you. A billionaire died in uh, Bayesa or Delta. I was seeing his story. It was after about seven days. His driver left, his megad left. I think they suspected that they are the one that killed him. Him and the wife, it was their smell that made people in the house, in, in the area, not in their house because they, they were living alone, to know that somebody, something bad has happened. It was police that came to break the door. Tell me, if this billionaire belonged to a church that has a fellowship, even if the pastor does not know, the people in the fellowship will know within that seven days. So fellowship is not a program. The Royal Care Fellowship that we do is not the program. It is the church. It's the avenue. Jesus has a reason for starting fellowship because he started with 12 people. So any, when you read the Bible, after he finished speaking with the crowd, he will go again to his own fellowship, 12 people, and minister to them. So please, I want to encourage you, make your houses available. Join house fellowship today. So after the service, if you don't belong to a house fellowship, Royal Care Fellowship sells you can ask any of the usher. We are making, we are printing a bulletin that we have all the locations we have. The reason why we are very careful is that we want to be, be sure that we are not just disclosing. We want to modernize it because of this era of security. That's we, so we are thinking of ways to do it. But by next week, there will be directory where you can easily, when you get that bulletin, you will know the fellowship and the people to call. You will always need people to call to know who to meet. If you call me during the week, most of the time my phones are off. My phones are virtually off. Even sometimes I don't, my family don't see me. I, the, this past week, I think maybe I, I was with my children maybe for about five hours the entire week. Most of the time I'm in my study praying and doing stuff like that. I'm more busy nowadays. So does that mean if you cannot reach me on phone, they, nobody can care for you? But there is a line. There is a line that you don't have. Is dedicated to all the, the leaders in those fellowships. They are the only ones that have that line. So even when the general line cannot be reached, and I need to be reached, they know, they know even my mother or my father don't have that line. They know the line to call, to reach me, to say, okay, this, 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 this. So I want to encourage you once again, don't do life alone. You need your fellow brothers in the Lord to watch your back for you. So 5 p.m. today, all road leads to the various house fellowship. And uh, if you are a man here, uh, when I mean man, from 20 and above, all right, you can also port, if you don't like your fellowship, 
I'm giving you, I'm the pastor of the church and I have a fellowship here. So I have the pastor to tell you, come and join my own fellowship. We meet here, 5 p.m. So tell your fellowship leader, I like pastors. I want to go and try pastor's fellowship. Uh, he will not do you anything. If you try to do anything, just report him to me. I know how to handle it. <laughs> so 5 p.m., I'm also here in church waiting for those who want to join the Royal Businessmen's Fellowship. But by all means, and today too, the... They have told a little bit, the Daughters of Grace are starting their own fellowship today too. All right? I think, Lady P, you don't have a location. By the way, you are looking very beautiful. Pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. When you see pastor talking, maybe he's trying to bribe his wife, you don't know. <laughs> All right. Now, I think she, they too will start their own fellowship. Royal Business Women's Fellowship here today. We'll start by 5 p.m. to today. Amen. Start in church, then you look for a location. So everybody, because like we have business women, we have mothers, we, but we just want, so if you don't like your fellowship as a woman to come to church, then from church they will tell you the new location they will be using. But by fire, by force, we are also starting Royal Business Women Fellowship to the Davga Fellowship. What do you think? Which Daughters of Grace Fellowship. Let's call it Daughters of Grace so that the women will not carry all our money away. Daughters of Grace Fellowship. Praise God, Lord. Put your hands together for Jesus. And today is Great Invitation Sunday, so we are making sure that we invite people to our various fellowship centers. The Lord bless you. Now, I want to quickly continue what I started in the first service, and I started last week, which is the part 2B of what I started last week. Part 2, part 1 was last week, part 2, then A was second service, part 2B of God wants you well. Say with me, God wants me well. In third John... The book of Third John, Third John, Third John is in the New Testament, verse 2. It has only one chapter, verse 2. The Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. God does not want you to be in sickness. God does not want you to be diseased. God wants you to be in health. Say with me, good health is God's will for my life. So the first thing I want you to know, like I've been saying week after week, sickness is an enemy. Sickness is not a friend. Sickness is like snake. You don't joke with it. If you joke with it, it can kill you. It can destroy you. Whatever the name of the sickness may be, don't joke with any sickness. Tap your neighbor two times. Say, my neighbor. Or say, tap your neighbor three times. My neighbor. Don't joke with sickness. Tap your neighbor and say, my neighbor. Oh, are you afraid to tap your neighbor? Tap your neighbor three times. Say, my neighbor. Don't joke with sickness. It is deadly. Sickness is deadly. Hallelujah. Now, there is something called divine healing. What is divine healing? I want to explain it to you in a way you can understand. Divine healing is the manifest power of the Lord Jesus 
or the manifestation of the power of Jesus bringing healing into the life of a sick or afflicted person the manifestation of the power of Jesus bringing healing into the life of a sick or afflicted person in response to their prayer and their faith look at it now power bringing healing to a sick or afflicted person as a response to their prayer and their faith without medicine or surgery without medicine or surgery so let me write for formality purpose let me read it out in a very coherent form it is the manifest power of the Lord Jesus bringing healing to the sick and afflicted in response to their prayers and faith without medicine and surgery so what are we saying here is sister macaroni she said to have cancer in her body sister macaroni now believes that jesus can heal because the doctor said this cancer nothing can be done sister macaroni lifts her voices to heaven and cried unto god and the lord responded and healed that cancer took that cancer away and the cancer was no more without any surgery or medicine that is called what divine healing are you with me brother spaghetti is having severe headache he looks into the word of god and realizes that jesus has taken away all and paid the price for all disease and sickness. And Brother Spaghetti believed Jesus and asked Jesus to heal his body without taking any drugs. And Brother Spaghetti realized that this severe headache of migraine is totally gone. That is called what? That is called what? Divine healing. It is a healing that does not require medicine. It is a healing that does not require surgery. It is a healing that is done, that is a product of the power of Jesus. Because Jesus has power. That is divine healing. Now, the question is, are we saying medicine is not good? No. Are we saying surgery is not good? No. I'm not saying doctors are not doing their job. But there is one that is called Jehovah Rapha. In the book of Exodus chapter 15 verse 26, the almighty God himself called himself Rapha, which means a doctor. God called himself Jehovah Rapha. It means the great doctor, the great physician, the great curer. He said, my name is called Jehovah Rapha. The one who cures. 
the greatest doctor, the greatest physician. So we thank God for the doctors. We thank God for the physician. But there is one that is called the greatest doctor, the greatest physician, and he's the almighty God himself. Hallelujah! Now you may want to ask, but to be a doctor, you need to go to medical school. You need to spend about seven years to study general medicine. To be maybe a heart surgeon, you need to then go to become a heart surgeon. You cannot spend nothing less than over 14 years studying different courses. You may want to then ask, which school did God go to for you, for you to believe that God is a medical doctor? He's a doctor that can perform surgery on your body, that can perform healing. Why should you believe that God can heal you? Why should you believe that God can operate on that cancer and take it away? Operate on your body and take that fibroid away. Operate on your body and take that sickness away. Why should you believe? Well, the answer is simple. Because he is the one that created you. The Bible says all things were made by him. And there is nothing that is made that is not made by him. Now, you have a Ford car. You brought your car from Ford. After you brought your car from Ford, Ford then tells you that, Mr. Daniel, this is your Ford Explorer that you have just bought. In the next five years, you can always come here for your maintenance and services. We will do it for you for free of charge. Mr. Daniel then have the choice. That whenever this Ford is faulty, he can decide to go to the Ford mechanic to have it done or patronize another mechanic. Ford will not sue him for going to another mechanic. But the question is, which one is better? To go and pay to service that car from another mechanic who will then fix the problem or to go back to the manufacturer the one who made the car to serve it free of charge and put the right part which one would you prefer the manufacturer or the other third party mechanic the manufacturer or the third party mechanic are you sure but today do you know that when it comes to our health we trust the third party. We don't trust the manufacturer. When it comes to sickness and disease, most of us will trust this other mechanic. We don't trust the manufacturer of our body. So when this other mechanic tells you, the third party say, this thing cannot be cured. You put your hand on your head and say, it is finished. Instead of you... To say, I will go to the one who made the car. He has the spare part. And he has told me to come back anytime. He will fix it for me. Doctors don't have the final say in your health. The lab result is not the final say with your health. The diagnosis that they have come up with is not the final say with your health. The one who has the final say is the manufacturer. 
If the manufacturer says, oh boy, go, we know if you do anything, then you should be worried. But if the manufacturer has not tell you to go and that you cannot solve it, never, never, never let any sickness bring fear to your life again. Because the manufacturer says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Today is giving you rest from every sickness in the name of Jesus. Every pain, every sickness that has been causing sleepless nights. The almighty God is giving you rest today in the name of Jesus. Even if you have made mistake, maybe because you used to smoke. Maybe because you contacted STDs because you used to fornicate all around. Even if the thing was because you were not taking multivitamin or you were careless, let me tell you something. He says in his word, it will be merciful to those who chose, he chose to be merciful on. Even for the sickness that came as a result of your mistake, the almighty God said, come unto me. The choice is yours. Will you come to him today? Will you come to him today? Now, how then do you receive your healing from God? The first step to receiving your healing from God is that you must prepare yourself to meet God. Prepare yourself to meet God. What does that mean? You see, in the Bible, the word of the Lord says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. What does that mean? Imagine Fashola or Samolu invites you to a dinner when all the governors of Lagos State are coming to. You will have that invitation one day. I said you will have that invitation one day. And um, you have the IV in your hand. Samolu himself invited you to come. But as you are going, you wear, you wore bedroom slippers. You wore singlet on top. And you wore a torn trouser. But you have the legitimate invitation card to go and meet Sonwul in that dinner. By the time you get to the gates, by the time you get to the gates, what do you think the security will just allow you to enter? Hey, but you are sure? Ask your neighbor, are you, did, you, did you just say what he said? No, ask, ask your neighbor, did you hear what he said? You have the invitation in your hand, though. The only thing is that you are wearing the two slippers, singlets, and a torn trouser. And you have got it to Ireland. And you want to just enter. Do you think they will just allow you to enter? Why do you think they will not just allow you to enter? Because you are not properly what? Dressed. Do you know that even though you have this invitation in your hand, they can send you back to your house? Do you agree with me? No, do you agree with me? Why can they send you back? Because they will tell you that you are not dressed as someone who, who wants to come to sit down with the governors. The same thing. When you are coming to God, there is a way God wants you to dress. I 
And I'm not talking just about physical dressing. I am talking about the dressing of your soul. Your soul must be dressed to receive God. God does not hear the prayer of a sinner. Do you know why? For instance, this man that is fornicating now, he has contacted STD. He is in a miracle service. He wants God to heal him of his STDs. But he's not ready to repent of his STD. He's not ready to change the garment of immorality. So what is he saying? He's only saying, God, heal me so that I can go and sleep with more girls. Is that not what he's saying? Because he has come to God as a fornicator. He wants God to heal him, but he's not ready to repent of his fornication. Or a man who did not understand that your, his liver is having problem. His liver is having problem because he's been taking so much alcohol. Now he comes to God, he says, Lord, heal me of my alcohol. But he's not ready to repent of that lifestyle of alcohol. He wants to continue his alcohol. So what he's simply saying to God is, Lord, heal me. If I've been taking Nogogoro before, now I want to start taking Shekwe. I want to start taking Aloma. I want to start taking Chelsea. Because those are the things that make me so, Lord, heal me now so that I can continue my Aloma lifestyle. Some of you know what I'm saying is true. So if you really want God to heal you, you want to receive a miracle from God, you must say, Lord, I know I'm guilty. I am a sinner. This life I've been living is not a real correct life. I repent today. If you will heal me, Lord, I will not go back to my... I even repent. I repent from this wayward life. And as a fornicator, I know that fornication is bad. Please forgive me, Lord. Do you know what you are doing? You are changing your garments. You are putting on the garment of righteousness. Such a man will easily receive from God. Such a brother will easily receive from God. Such a sister will easily receive from God. But do you know the problem with most of us Christians today? You say you are born again, but you have not left that boy. After church on Sunday, you go back to your boyfriend's house during the week. Even some of us, as we are in church, born again, you are still chatting. Hi, baby. Say, I did church. Call me back. Some of you just send that message now. You think I'm lying? She like all the person. He said I should forgive her. Some, they are in church. They are looking for the nearest phone to steal. You know, there was a brother in, in this church before. He used to handle money in our church. And when he came, he used to have this convulsion. He can be seated here now and the thing will just come upon him and he will fall from his seat. And he will convulse for a long time. I began to entreat the Lord for him. We began to pray for him. Because he has several injuries on his head. The thing does not know Boston. It can make him fall. Despite that, praying for him, but I did not understand why that prayer was not answering until one day. You see, let me say this to you. What I am sharing with you, any one of you that you are praying for healing and you are not seeing the healing, first of all, go back and check your life. 
Because God is still in the business of healing people. And it does not take God long to heal. The problem is that we have not changed our garments. After some time, one day we have forgotten about this. No, he was still in church. I even employed him in church to be taking money to bank. Then all of a sudden, women contributed money one day and the money was missing. We knew that there was a thief in church. We began to pray, Lord expose this thing. Then the offering of church began to reduce also the one that was taken to bank. So finally one day, after a service, money was stolen. The money was stolen from the church. I went to my office and began to pray. Lord, whoever is doing this, I want to expose the person. As I was praying, his thought just came to my mind. Boom! In a picture. You see, God can expose anybody when he wants to expose you. This one that you think you are smart, even those of, maybe you are fornicating, you are doing, it's not because you are smart. It's because God is showing you mercy. When God showed me his picture, I called some people. I said, go to this brother's house. The money is there. Check his house. The money is there. They of ah, they sure. Is it not a risk to go and accuse church member that he has carried money when you have not seen it? Unless God has not spoken. So they got to this brother's house in the night, knocked, he opened, and they told him, Pastor said we should come and search your house. Our money is in your house. <laughs> I'm telling you a true life story, it's not a joke. It's a true life story. So he wanted to resist, but I sent those who have. Moses. So eventually this. When they come, they saw Suya, saw Pepsi, saw a lot of things. In a, in a nutshell, they ransacked his house and here was the money in church, of the church that we were looking for because we, the amount, we saw where he has kept the money. Where did he get the money? He lied and we verified everything. It was total lie. We forgave him. Came back to church. The next Sunday, when the service, first service, then the conversion came again. I said, this conversion, I'm tired of you. I stood over him in that service and I gave him a Holy Ghost slap. I told him, move. I, they carried him. He was still frozen. Do you know, by the time I slapped him, I'm telling him, the conversion dropped out. The conversion dropped out. For the first time, he came back to himself. We, why am I telling you this? Problem demons know their owner. When you carry the devil's load, you cannot get rid of the devil easily. You have to let go of that devil's load you are carrying. You cannot be a thief and be expecting miracle job from God. So God will send you to that place to continue your stealing. The answer is what? No. It's time to change your garments. You must repent. Make a youth and say, Lord, this life, I am tired of it. And I'm letting go. Put your hands together for Jesus. Repentance and salvation. The first key to receive it from God. The second key is have faith in God. You must have faith in God. What does it mean to have faith in God? Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 1, I will read from the New Living Translation. 
Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. What is faith? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we, know now, what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. What is faith? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. I'm defining faith using the Bible. For we live by believing and not by seeing. We live by believing and not by seeing. What is faith? Faith is believing in what you cannot see. Believing in what you cannot see. Faith is the sixth sense that you have. Is the one we call the sixth realm. What do I mean? Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 29, it is more blessed to be to it is blessed are those who do not see, but what? Believe. Let me tell you this. I am going to this place. This junction. If I open my eyes and I'm going like this, what I am using is my sight. I'm using my natural sense. And there are five of them. Singing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and feeling. Five senses. This is what governs our life as human beings. Everything we do is dictated by these five senses. In this natural realm, Natural realm. But God is not in this realm. The God you want to heal you, the God you need a miracle from, is not in this realm. John chapter 4 says God is a spirit. So God is not in the natural realm. God is a spirit. So if I want to operate in this natural realm, I want to go to this place, I use my sight to go. This is not faith. Watch. This is using my word, natural words, senses. Everything that I just used to get to this point is called my natural words, senses. But watch again. If I want to use my spiritual sense, the name of my spiritual sense is called what? Faith. What do we call it? Oh, are you here in church? No, are you still with me? What do you call the spiritual sense? There is only one spiritual sense. It's called faith. We have five natural senses. Seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling, tasting. If I want to get to this place and I close my eyes and I begin to move, this is what it means to have faith. Faith means you are not depending on your natural senses. You are depending on God. You have faith in God. Now, why is this important for you to understand? Anytime you want to receive anything from God, you cannot receive from God using the natural sense. You cannot use your hand to receive it physically. You cannot use your ear to bring it. You cannot use your nose. The only thing you can use that you should use is your faith. 
the sixth sense. That is why the Bible does say, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by the things we cannot see, not by the things we can see. Is somebody with me? Is somebody with me? Let me give you. So if you say you want to have faith, you must believe in what you cannot see. And what you cannot see is God. And you must begin to believe that this thing that you have prayed for, it is real. You have received it. And you will have it. Mark chapter 11. Look at what Jesus said. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark 11, verse 24. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Mark 11, Verse 24. Are you there in Mark 11? Verse 24. Can we read together? One to go. Therefore I say unto you, yes. What things soever what? Ye desire. What should you do? When you pray. What should you do? What did he say you should do? What did he say you should do? Oh, are you sure you are with your Bible? What did Jesus say you should do? Believe that you what? Receive. Then what will happen? What will happen? To believe that you have received it. Physically you don't have it. But it means that you believe that you have received it in your spirit. So if somebody asks you what has happened to you? God has healed me. But physically the pain is still there. God has healed me. Physically when you look at the book. You can still not read well. God has healed me, but you can still feel the pain in your stomach. That you can feel it does not mean you have not received it. Jesus said, for you to have the physical healing, you must first believe that you have received it spiritually. Then you begin to move with it. Now, do you know why this is important? On Friday, I called one of our members. He said, oh, he was held on the island because of traffic. And I said, brother, where are you on the island? He mentioned the place. And I said, I'm going to send you an helicopter to come and carry you to church. And do you know what he said? He just laughed. <laughs> he laughed, pastor, don't worry. I said, I want to send an helicopter. He said, uh, <laughs> do you know that kind of laughter? Pastor, you know feet. You know get up. Then I understood what faith is all about. The doctor said, you go back to the doctor. They still said the thing is there. But you have prayed about it. But because the scan is still seeing it. Because the lab result is still showing it. You then believe that God has not done it. Do you know what you are doing? You are laughing at God. You are making mockery of the one that has promised to heal you. Because he called his name Jehovah what? Rafa. Say, I am a doctor. I am the great doctor. So now, because the doctor said the fibroid is still there, you are saying, but God has said, I have healed you of fibroid. Then you have two results. The doctor's report and the report of the word of God. And you chose to start crying because of the doctor's report. You cannot receive that way. You tell yourself, yes, I can still feel the thing in my stomach. Yes, my feeling is telling me that the fibroid is still there. 
But in the name of Jesus, the fibroid is gone. In the name of Jesus, the pain is gone. In the name of Jesus, I am healed. I am healed. You carry the leg. You carry the leg. The pain is still there. You tell yourself, I'm not believing what this senses is telling me. In the leg, Jesus said, believe that I am healed and I will have my healing. In other words, I will believe and believe until my body can testify to it. God has done it already. Do you know that there is nobody who stands like that that will be disappointed? Nobody like that. Nobody like that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they told the king, they said, Oh king, we will not be careful to answer you in this matter. Our God is able to deliver us. But do you know what happened? They, they, the king was so angry, he carried them. And he began to take them into the fire. In order to even scare them, the one who went to go and light the fire, and the person carrying them to the fire, the fire killed both of them. What do you think they should have done, like some of us? Hey, our God king, you're not been in that play. We know the person don't play with you. But they said, we know that our God, even though the fire is killing all of them, even though the fire killed the next person, but me, it will not kill me. Because God has said, he that watches over me will not sleep nor slumber. My father might have died of diabetes. My grandmother might have died of diabetes. This cancer might have been killing people in my family. But for me, it will not kill me. Because my God is my healer. You say to yourself, it killed my mother and so what? It killed your father and so what? It killed your great-great-grandfather. Nobody has passed 60, but you declare... God has said in his word, with long life, will he satisfy me and show me his salvation? Then you sleep, and the next morning you wake up. The same place that your father first complained, then begin to pay you. And the devil is saying that the ulcer has come back, the cancer has come. You tell that devil, it is only in these five senses, but in the realm of the spirit I'm healed. I am a healed person. It's not there because the great physician has taken it away from me. When they entered the fire, even though it has killed other people, do you know what happened? They began to realize that the fire was air conditioned. The same fire that is killing other people began to cool them. It's called fire cooling. Have you heard of fire cooling before? It's called fire cooling. It's better than chemical. This is fire cooling power of God. When God decided to use fire as AC, why? He created fire. He created water. He created everything. He is God. Even in the midst of that sickness. And you rise up and say, Jehovah Rapha is my healer. Hallelujah. Don't ever give in to the devil anymore. Are you with me? Now, how do you then? What you do when you have faith with God? How do you activate your faith? If you are walking by faith, there are some four things you must do to continue on your journey of faith. The life of faith requires a, a lifestyle of a life. What is what the lifestyle of faith? The lifestyle that can make faith your faith to work. You see, when you are taking some drugs, they will tell you that if you are taking this drug, don't eat this kind of food. Don't take vitamin C with this drug. 
Don't do this. Is that not the case? There are some drugs they will tell you, you cannot, maybe you should take it before you eat. There are some they will tell you, eat before you take it. There is a lifestyle that makes faith to work. What is the lifestyle of faith? Number one, a lifestyle of loving God. You must love God. You must love God. In the book of Psalm 91, Psalm 91, I think somewhere in verse 13, he said, because he loved me, therefore will I what? Deliver him. Everybody open to Psalm 91. Very quickly, Psalm 91. And we will read verse 14. Because he had set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he had known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see, loving God automatically qualifies you for deliverance. How do you love God? By obeying his commandments. Salvation. Be born again. Do the things in love. You want to love God? You cannot decide to be going to, to those joints anymore. You have to change your friend. You want to love God? You have to do the things that pleases God. So the number one key, the number one thing for in the lifestyle of faith is that you must be a lover of God. Because he loved me, I will deliver him. 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 When you love God, you are ushering yourself into deliverance. Be an addict. Anything that has God in it, just love it and serve it. To love God is to obey him. John 14, 20. Say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Your friend will say, oh, you are now Otigadesu. Uh, Let them laugh at you. They will laugh at you. Let them laugh at you. Say, if you love me, you will keep my word, commandment. Number two. The second thing you need to do is to serve God. Kingdom stewardship. Serve God. Serve God. Exodus chapter 23 verse 25. And he shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And he will take away sickness from you. Serve God. He said, the moment you begin to serve God, he will take away sickness from you. Malachi chapter 3 verse 17 says, and they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make up my jewel, I will spare them as a man spare his own son that serveth him. God said he will spare those who serve him. Today, whatever evil is moving around Nigeria, whatever the name of the evil is, as you serve God, you are escaping it. As you serve God, you are escaping it. In the name of Jesus. Let me give you four areas you can serve God. Or four, four of them, about five or five of them. Number one, sanctuary stewards. Sanctuary stewards. Areas you can serve God, sanctuary stewards. Exodus chapter 36, verse 1. Thou wrought, then wrought Bezalel, Abolia, and every wise hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to walk all manner of work. For the service of the sanctuary, according to all that the Lord had commanded. Exodus chapter 36, verse 1. Serve in the sanctuary of God. Serve in the sanctuary of God. 
Don't be a, an onlooker. The house of God is not a restaurant. The pastor is not a waiter. The people there are not waiters. Join in the work. Join in the work. Join in the work. And there are different things you can join in church, in the house of God. You can, there are those who clean the church. In fact, I, I remember the story of a woman. She was a, she was, she was, she was a cleaner in her church. She was cleaning the church in a Bayman State. I heard the story. And uh, they came to kidnap, and they kidnapped her children. That was the greatest mistake they made. When they kidnapped the children, then they said the Fulani asked me, lined all of them up. They were all Christian students. They were going, and they began to say that they wanted to. Then they made the mistake of starting with this boy, the woman's son first. A woman who cleans the house of God, the devil wants to now smear her life with death. It's not possible. Because she was doing it not because of pastor wholeheartedly. They said, she, the boy said he has closed his eyes. Then they caught the gun. Then they began to show the gun, but the, the bullet, the gun refused to engage. From him, the, about 16 of them, they moved, 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 moved about 16 of them. Not one did the God come. Then they directed the gun away. The thing was cocking. If you know AK-47 is an automatic rifle. Once you engage the magazine like that, the thing is supposed to just be low deep from the magazine and just be discharging. So he pressed the trigger and the thing was moving. Then they turned the gun back to the children. They did it again. It was not working. Do you know why? The person I will give his angels charge over you. They will keep you in their hands. Have you two heard in the word of God and say, no weapon found against you shall what? Prosper. Hey! They don't have a choice. They let them go. The boy then said, about two days later, one of them came to his school, dressed very well, waited, located the boy, and called him. The boy, when he saw him, was shocked. So he went to my answer, and he said to him, what is it which tell me the power you people are using? So we, this is what we've been doing. Which power is it that you are using? And she said, the boy answered, Jesus' power. Jesus' power. May that power begin to make things happen in your lives. In the name of Jesus. See, get engaged in sweating for God. Don't just sit down. It is time to sweat for God. Look for one area or the other and get engaged in sweating for God. It will change your life. I see somebody life changing now. Number two, you can serve God. So you can serve in the sanctuary. Look for any department, whatever you can do to advance the kingdom of God and join. Number two, prayer service, prayer to worship. Prayer to worship. Luke chapter 2 verse 36 to 37. Luke at 6 to 37. And there was a man, woman, one, there was one Anna, prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asa. She was of a great age, verse 37, and she was a widow of about four score and four years. Departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayer, night and day. Listen to me. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 to 37. The best prayer is not the one you say, Lord, give me Milo. Lord, protect my children. Lord, give me, give me uh, Momo with uh, Shaki. 
Let me eat very well. Lord, tomorrow my job. No. She was serving God with fasting and prayer. Praying for the people in church. Praying for other people. Praying. Another woman. She was a prayer warrior in her church. Engaging tirelessly. Always pray, Lord, let souls be saved in this today's service. Lord, move over to today's service. Say, then the husband used to mock her. You walk in there every now, man of God, you walk for. They are just collecting your tithes. You are wasting your time. The man was an unbeliever. Why are you praying that church should be big? Now you go chop the money. No, the pastor go chop the money. What's wrong with you? You know, but the woman understood that it is called the house of God, not the house of man. She, she was praying. Then one day, the other was traveling. And all of a sudden, the, the car he was in had an accident. And he said he just saw a man wrapped him around as the car was turning around. As the, as the car was turning, the man just wrapped him like a hairbag. By the time the car finished rolling and stood still, he was the only one without injury nor death in the place. And he heard a voice loud and clear, today you have reaped the service of your wife. You have reaped the service of your wife. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Before you ever pray, give me this day my daily bread. Some of you have never prayed for me in this church before. You have never prayed for me before. If you pray for me, and you ever, you ever come to me when the pastor pray for me, and I pray for you, there is no way that prayer will not be answered. Because you have already been spending time to pray for your pastor to minister well. Everyone that ever gives his life to Christ in that service, God gives you an account. If you have prayed for today's service before you ever came, there is no way you then pray in that same church. God will not answer your own prayer. Because whatever a man sows, he will reap in good measure. Press down, shake it together, and run over. It is time you begin to serve God with your prayer. That is what we do every day, 6 to 7 a.m. On that rise to glory, you, you, don't, you, you see us every day praying, praying. I cannot remember the last time I really prayed for myself. That God should give me clothes. God should give me, God should give me a shoe. For about 10 years, I ministered in this church with the same set of three suits. And I never for one day prayed that God should share my clothes. But now when he began to change it, he began to change it where? Even me, I was happy that he's changing it. But for 10 years, I never for one day prayed God change my clothes. But I can point how many times I pray for people in a day. You see, when you begin to reap the harvest, even you yourself, which is surprising. Today I don't have one suit anymore. Today, he's changing them well. It's time that God will begin to change your clothes for you. Pray! Serve God in prayer. Look around for people who have the need. Pray for the barren. Pray for different group of people. Number three, soul winning service. So we need stewards. So we need stewards. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the world. Isaiah chapter 52, Isaiah 52 verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains at the feet of them that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God in it. The Bible says, see, when you see those who are so winners, everything about their life is different. 
So when they are coming, they are different. Why? Because God is the one that crowns their effort. See, winning so beautifies your life. Do you know why? Because in John chapter 15, Bible says that everyone so that repents, God has joy. So you cannot be making God joyful and the devil will make your life sadful. Do you understand what I'm saying? You cannot be a sad dude. See when God is making you joy, when you are making God joyful. This evening by 5 p.m., great invitation uh, Sunday. You will see all of us move on, even if you don't know how to preach. You just stay behind the person that is leading you in your chapel. They, they are going to just talk to people from house to house, invite them. But said, how beautiful upon the mountains. You see, that sickness will answer to, to the power of God when you begin to sweat for God. You are, you are having migraine. You see, for about five years of my life, I was having migraine. That migraine, when it starts like this, when you put your hand on my head, you can feel the way my head is breathing. You can feel that my head will be breathing like this. Oh, but in the midst of it, in the afternoon, I will carry tear in my head for fellowship. I'm going. I will carry, in the afternoon like this, I'm preaching, and the, I will hold my head like this. When I get to where I want to preach, I will start talking to people. And even me, myself, I'm suffering. But do you know today, my game went, I didn't even know the day, the hour, the moment. I knew that it went as I was going. Anything cause sickness in your life, as you begin to win souls for the Lord this season, God is putting it in the name of Jesus. Last but not the least, giving stewards. Serve God with your finances. Serve God with your finances. Luke chapter 12 verse 16. Look at this man. Money misled. And he spake a parable unto them saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruit? Verse 18. And he said, This I will do. I will pull down my bands and build greater. And then will I bestow all my fruit and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Verse 21. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And so is anyone who just save money for shoes, save money for clothes. He said, they, the only thing that they are not rich towards God. Look at your shoe. Very good shoe. But yet, your offering is under there. They will want to raise money in church. Once it's your offering time, you begin to look down. Monday, Mr. Biggs, you are going there. You get to the restaurant, give me one momo, give me one shaki, and you are eating all of them. But your offering accounts before God. Under Naira. I said to somebody recently, I said, You have been in this church, God has blessed you. When, when I said, when I went to question, let me even audit you. When I told him, check the title of this person for me. In the entire time, 1,800. Your title is number one. You have not paid more than 1,800 times. Is what the person has paid in, one, in almost one year. And you are there saying, that, I'm saying you have, uh, God calls such people foolish. Why? Because you see, shaki, pomon, clothes, shoe, car, all of them, when you die, you leave them behind. 
What is, where, what is in your account today? Do you know why some of you are poor on earth? Because in your account, you never no money there. Bible calls it rich towards God. You are so poor towards God. So poor towards God. I stood this year, I told my wife, I said, we cannot be giving the same offering we gave last year. Because I want God to enlarge my offering. I ask those, they, my PA knows, my offering for Sunday, even if, I, if they don't say anything, they know minimum of what I have to give. I told my children, no, things are so expensive in the market now, you cannot be giving 10 naira or 15 naira or 100 naira. Even my children cannot be giving 100 naira. Not because of anything, because you ask, how much is the school fees you pay for your children? You send them, you pay 30,000, 20,000, 50,000 for their school fees. And when they are coming to church, you pack it 10 naira for them. So you are already raising another generation of mentally bankrupt poor people. Because why? You are telling them that education is more important than giving to God. Some of us have never even taught our children about tithing. What are you telling them? Any child that does not fear God cannot fear you. A child that you don't teach to honor God, one day will also forget you. You are saying you want your child to remember you in your old age. Start now by making them remember their God. My brother, look at your life. What is your account in heaven? The Bible says that the women that Jesus healed, Luke chapter 8 verse 3, they began to minister, Luke 8 3, they began to minister to Jesus of their substance, of their substance, began to minister to Jesus of their substance. I never knew I was going to build another house when I first gave a building as an offering to a church. A three-bedroom flat. Gave it all out. The key, and I said, so send everything. In one time, I said, I'm giving this building out. Complete. Do you know why? Because as a poor boy, I've always said to God, if you bless me, I will give. My friend said, oh, you are a crazy man. You need to give a, a land with a property, a full plot with three-bedroom on it, in a place that is so expensive. I said, church, take. Uh, no, let them take. On I fifty cover I did not take. Today some of you cannot even give ordinary shoe away to God. I say God bless me. We are not just here by accident. It started long ago. I see God delivering you from every poverty mentality. The mentality that sees God as your enemy, you have been delivered from it. Stand to your feet with me this morning and lift your voice and bless the name of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lift your voice and say, thank you, Jesus, for your word. Healing is coming to you this morning. Everywhere you are, healing is coming to you. It's the Lord that healeth you. Healing is coming to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you. Lift your voice and bless him. Now, before I pray for those who are sick, if you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus. I want you to change your garments. Remove these clothes you are wearing now. The spiritual clothes, don't remove your physical clothes too. And say, Lord Jesus, I want to clothe me with your glory. I know I'm a sinner. I want to wash me with your blood. I'm repenting of my life, of the life of sin. Maybe you have been coming to church for some time. Maybe they even know you as a Christian, but your heart, you know that you have not repented. So you want to also rededicate your life to Jesus by surrendering all. Place your hand on your chest. I know you are there. God bless you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, place your hand on your chest. Yes. Those of you who are watching online, you can do the same thing right now. Place your hand on your chest. Place your hand on your chest. Now, talk to God. Say, oh Lord, have mercy on me. 
I repent. I come to you today, Jesus. Have mercy on me. Forgive me for my sins. Talk to him. Just cry out to him. Oh God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've been coming to church, but I've not repented of my wayward life. But today I'm making up my mind to let go of the life of pretense. To let go of the sinful life. To follow you all of my days. Have mercy on me, Jesus. Have mercy on me, Jesus. Talk to him today. Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Now I want to say this one. Place your hand on your chest if you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. I know you are there. Just do it very quickly. I want to pray for you. Say, dear Heavenly Father, today, I repent and I turn for my wicked ways. I come to you, dear Lord Jesus, just as I am. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of your salvation. Dear Lord Jesus, wash all my sins away with your precious blood. I welcome you into my life. Come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. And please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul today. I am born again. I am born again. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for all those who have prayed this prayer from your heart. Those who are watching online and those who are here. Today, they have committed their life to you. As they say, Amen, let all things become new. Amen. Thank you for the forgiveness through the blood. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Shout, Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer from your heart, please come here. I want to pray for you. If you meant it, if you prayed that prayer from the depth of your heart, I can see some of you prayed it. Now, take your first step of faith. Come right now. I want to pray with you. Very quickly, come, come. If you pray that prayer, I know you are there. Yeah, come, come. Everywhere you are, God bless you. Come. Jesus is waiting for you. Take that step of faith and come. If you pray that prayer from your heart, don't think you, there is this somebody that you prayed it. You are thinking whether you should go or not. Just come quickly. I want to pray for you. Those of you at the viewing center, join the places where you are now. Pray. Come quickly. Come. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart. Come quickly. I want to pray for you. I'm making that final call. Just come right now. Don't let the devil keep you on your seat. You are a new creation now. Jesus has saved your soul. Jesus has saved your soul. Identify with Jesus now. Identify with Jesus now. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hand. Father, I thank you for those ones who have prayed the prayer of salvation from the depth of your heart. I commit them right now as I lay hands on them. Let this one be rooted and grounded in your kingdom. Satan, I rebuke you. Take your hands off their life forever. In the name of Jesus. Lord, anoint them for your glory. Lord, anoint them for your glory. Fill them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you have done. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout amen. Please don't go to your seat. Let me hold on, my sister. My sister, please hold on. I want to say something to you. God has done something in your life. This is a major day in your life. It's a day of a new beginning. Take it serious because God is taking it serious. 
and there is no way your life will be the same again. There are two things I would like to tell you. All right? So just follow this, my sister here. Please wave your hand, let them see you. Follow her outside. She will tell you two things. Then you will come back inside. Then I will pray for you. Then we will all pray together. All right? Please follow her. Follow her. God, yes, ma'am. Please follow her. God bless you. Keep, keep clapping for them as they go out. Keep clapping for them. Hallelujah. Now, if you are sick in any part of your body, even those of you who are going outside, I'm going to be waiting for you. Jesus wants to heal you. He is a healing. I cannot preach about healing and not pray for those who are sick. You can hear the testimony of how God is healing. Just have faith in God. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to jump on your head. Jesus is the one that will heal you. So touch that area now. Every area you are sick. If it's not an area you can touch, just place your hand on your chest. I'm going to pray for you. There is somebody here. I hear you have not been sleeping well. You have not been sleeping well. Who is that person? As I, I, I just said, you have not been sleeping well. In the night, you don't sleep well. You don't sleep well. Okay, God bless you. Now, Jesus is healing you right now. From that thing that is not making you to sleep well, Jesus is taking that infirmity away. From tonight, you will sleep like a baby. From tonight, you will sleep like a baby. You are going to sleep like a baby. Sound sleep. Sound sleep. Now, touch that area. Father, I thank you. Because you are the Lord that healeth us. You are the great physician. The one who made and created us. You know every part of our body. Precious Holy Spirit, I'm not asking that by the power of Jesus. Scan through this body right now. Every ailment, every sickness, every disease, every activity of the spirit of infirmity that is afflicting this one right now I speak into your life let them now be uprooted in the name of Jesus every spirit of infirmity that have held you bound I now decree be loosed in the name of Jesus and I bind the activity of the spirit of infirmity in your life right now in the name of Jesus now let the healing power of Jesus manifest in your body right now. Let the healing power of the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, let your healing power manifest in the body of this ones, this very moment, in the name of Jesus. Those who are standing in for other people, wherever those ones are, this moment, I send for the word of the Lord that runs swiftly to their body. Rise up and be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are healed of that pain. Amen. You are healed of that ailment. Amen. You are healed of that disease. Amen. You are healed now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive your healing. Amen. Now say with me, I receive my healing. I receive it. Receive your healing. I receive it. Receive your healing now. I receive, it. receive your healing now. I it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. Now, whatever you cannot do before, quickly do it right now. Check your body. The Lord Jesus has made you whole. The Lord Jesus has made you whole. His power is flowing into your body right now. His power is flowing. Allow His power to flow. Check your body right now. Have faith in God. His power is flowing into your body. And it's making you all in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for perfecting the healing of this ones.
I thank you for those who have instantly healed. And I thank you for the healing that will manifest even as your people go forth. I return all the glory back to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Come on, put those hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop by our website at www.rtc.ng. May God bless you.